family. Thank you for joining us today. We have gathered here to remember and celebrate the life of Viola Ruth Schultz. And we've also gathered to worship and honor God. There's grief, but there's also much joy as Vi enters into her eternal home with Jesus. May God grant us his presence, grace, and peace as we gather. Please hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, you alone are worthy of our praise and worship. As we remember and celebrate Vi's life, we honor you as we honor her as one of your children. In your boundless compassion, console those of us who mourn. Father, help us to see in death the gateway to eternal life. And thank you for being the God who comforts when we mourn. Bless our time together. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So, in the folder you have in your hands, there's some uh, biographical information about Vi and, and uh, her life story, and that's important for us to remember at this time. So I'm not going to just read that. Uh, I think I'll overlap quite a bit with some of it. But just a reminder, uh, you can see some of the particulars or where she was born, but uh, when she was born and all that sort of thing. But I want to add a little color commentary along the way. Uh, Wolf Point, Montana was her birthplace. I don't know if any of you have been to Montana, uh, but it is big sky country, right? And uh, we were talking a little bit as a family uh, with, uh, um, when we were arranging, and uh, they remember that mom, grandma, even as a young child, uh, could remember being infatuated with stargazing. And it made sense in a place like Montana, right? Maybe around here too, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, what, a, what a great memory, especially in that setting. They lived on a farm on a reservation for uh, a bit of her life. But then by second grade, 
Vi and her family moved to uh, Hillsborough nearby. And uh, that's where she then had her growing up years. Uh, fast forward a little bit, um, met John in Hillsborough. John was also from Hill Hillsborough. They were both around 19, as I remember. And uh, you can't forget this part of the story that uh, it was that fine Chevy that attracted Vi to John, right? It was, <laughs> that was a pretty big deal. Uh, and here's, uh, I'm sorry, I should have said this sooner. Uh, the ironic uh, thing about us gathering here today for Vi is it was a few months ago, short months ago, that we gathered for John. And so, candidly, the last funeral I did here at Bueller MB was for John. So there's a lot of overlap, and it's an ironic but kind of fun reminder. Uh, so John and Vi meet, they court, they get married, and this just kills me, but it was sort of part of the era. Uh, two days later, off they go to Mennonite Voluntary Service. What a honeymoon. And so off they go, and they ended up, as I recall, they worked in Colorado for a couple of years in a mental hospital. Dad worked uh, there, and they had some life there. But then when their uh, volunteer service was over, they moved to Bueller. And again, some, uh, some of the short versions of much longer stories. They raised three kids, you know, with all the games and activities. You know, the reminder that life is hard and tragic at points and so they experienced this in 1999 when their daughter Debbie passed away from a brain aneurysm. So it, as all of our lives are, ups and downs, bittersweet, triumphant moments and all that and, and uh, Vi and John had that as well in their lives. But they, they were married for 68 years, almost 69. How about that? Um, the interesting thing I wanted to just check this morning uh, out at the gravesite I asked, and uh, Vi was the last of her generation for her siblings. And when, uh, when her brother died, she made that comment. How about that? I'm the last, you know. And it's, it's not earth-shattering because we know that life is, uh, life is full of people passing away and all that, but how about that? She was the last of her uh, siblings. Uh, this, this, this cracks me up uh, because when they moved to Bueller, she worked for some years in a coupon business. What's a coupon business? <laughs> right? In some ways, how much has changed? So we talk these days about how young people will be working in jobs that don't exist yet. I think there are some jobs that other generations have worked that don't exactly exist. Of course, coupons still exist, but what a, what a great thing to, to hear. She worked in a coupon business with her good friend, Lavella Adrian, uh, sorting coupons. I, I love that. But then, uh, really, what was important to her, she got to work at SMRC, Sunshine Meadows, and uh, started as a CNA, and then she oversaw transportation, made so many relationships and so many friends, felt like she was doing such good work there, and that's just marvelous. She worked there over 30 years by worked at SMRC. And then how fitting, appropriate, that they moved in and how comfortable that was for them when they moved into SMRC and uh, all the relationships they had. What a, what a great testament to the ministry of Sunshine as well. Uh, okay, as I understand it, uh, Vi enjoyed baking, no, never a lack for sweets in uh, Grandma's house, in Mom's house, and uh, especially German food, you mentioned. Uh, she really loved German food. Now, this part, I love this. Collecting. 
John got her started with teddy bears, but she collected uh, a lot of different things like teddy bears. You have you mentioned porcelain angels, nativity scenes. How fun is that? Uh, and remembering decorating the house for Christmas with uh, some of those nativity scenes. But you you mentioned beanie babies, so. Don't fight about those. Some of those can be really, you know, valuable these days, so just be nice, right? But what a great thing for her to be able to collect uh, all sorts of different things like that. What a great memory. Oh, and this, this, this is also good. Um, as somebody who resonates with this, she's, she, she watched Royals game, but she was a Yankees fan. I totally get that, being in a place that uh, you cheer for a different team. No, I'm not saying, but you know. <laughs> I'm not sure how she became a Yankees fan, being from Kansas, but, uh, uh, you know, whatever that looked like, I love it. And uh, pets, small dogs, you mentioned again, the, I, I think I remember this from John's, uh, uh, Morris, Morris the cat. Uh, we remember Morris and other kittens and dogs along the way. And again, it all starts to help define us. And um, just a reminder, as you can see the list, and I'm, I'm going to repeat the list a little bit from your folder as well, but uh, family, loved the family, traveling to Idaho, traveling to Kansas City with you guys, you know, along the way for trips and whatnot, that they really enjoyed that. Um, but loved the family, enjoyed spending time with all of you kids, Donna and Alan, Daryl and Christy, the grandkids, April and Keith, Megan and Brandon, Taylor and Cody, Casey and Michael and Jace, and then great-grandkids, Kedron, Mackenzie, Kyler, Ethan, Taylee, Weston, Alec, and Emery. Uh, the legacy goes on, so we can talk about being the end of your siblings, and then it goes on, and it goes on. Uh, uh, finally, and perhaps most importantly, uh, Vi was a member here at Bueller MB, but that just represented her trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, loved her church, regular attendance, regular involvement, and I liked what you even reflected this, I think, in the folder to say she, she worshipped in her own quiet way. And that's why, as we think about Vi's life, we can celebrate her homegoing because her faith, her trust was in Jesus Christ, and that's why we're here. If I had only known the last time would be the last time I would have put off all the things I had to do I would have stayed a little longer Held on a little tighter Now what I'd give for one more day with you Cause there's a wound here in my heart Something's missing And they tell me that it's gonna heal with time But I know you're in a place Where all your wounds have been erased And knowing yours are healed is healing mine The only scars in heaven That won't belong to me and you There'll be no such thing as broken 
all the old will be made new and the thought that makes me smile now even as the tears fall down that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now Though the road you walked was anything but easy You picked up your share of scars along the way oh, But now you're standing in the sun You fought your fight and your race is run The pain is all a million miles away The only scars in heaven That won't belong to me There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new And the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven yeah, Are on the hands that hold you now So what we've got to do 
is we've got to ask God to help us release our ideas of who we knew that loved one was, and we've got to start focusing on who they are now. They're with Jesus. They're being held by the hands that bear the only scars in heaven. Great reminder uh, and very appropriate for us today as we celebrate Vi's life and her faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, I don't know if we remember him much uh, or are aware of him, but there's a guy named Malcolm Muggeridge. He was a British journalist and satirist, and he became a Christian later in life, and so he did a lot of writing about Christian. He was really a pretty great thinker. And uh, later on in life, when he was an older, he passed, he, he died in sometime in the 90s. Anyway, uh, here's what he wrote. When you're as old as I am, there are all sorts of extremely pleasant things that happen to you. The pleasantest of all is that you wake up in the night and you find that you are half in and half out of your battered old carcass. It seems quite a toss-up whether you go back and resume full occupancy of your mortal body or you make off toward the bright glow you see in the sky that is the lights of the city of God. I thought that was pretty appropriate for, uh, for us today since, you know, Vi's departure was a little bit sudden, a little bit, we didn't see it coming. And maybe, just maybe, she found herself in that spot. She was in between and uh, thought, why would I go back to that battered old carcass? when I can go home. And um, that's what we're talking about today. The city of God going home. So, we talk about death differently than the world does. You know, death is a terrible, awful thing because if you don't have hope in Jesus that Vi had, then death is a terrible, awful thing. And so we're going to talk about it very differently than the world would talk about it. And uh, very briefly this morning, I want to use a very short passage, and it's really just one verse. And it's also in Revelation. And it will seem backwards at first until we get it and understand it. So this is what Revelation 14, 13 says. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Uh, what a remarkable short little verse, short little passage. Um, first of all, we have a look at this to say we, got, we should understand when we hear a voice from heaven say, write this, we probably should pay attention. So the background, super quick, of this, uh, the book of Revelation, John is having this vision uh, about all things, uh, about uh, redemption and the work of Jesus and, and what the end will look like and what eternity will look like and all this sort of thing. And so when a booming voice says, write this, it's important. And so what an important verse this is. Now, um, like I say, it, it obviously doesn't seem to make much sense. How backward is that? What do you mean that the dead would be blessed? 
I mean, even those of us that follow Jesus, we know that death, death is the enemy. Death is the consequence of a broken, fallen, sinful humanity. And how in the world can death be blessed? And that's what we're going to find out as we look deeper into this, just for a moment. That idea of blessed, let's remind ourselves of that, being blessed is a good thing. Blessed, on its most basic level, means happy. When Jesus uh, gave the Beatitudes in Matthew, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. Uh, there was an idea of happy that was part of that. Um, uh, again, uh, maybe it means something more like fortunate. It has some implications of prosperity, but not wealth or material prosperity. It's a spiritual prosperity. And in some ways, the way we can understand being blessed is to understand it involves God's favor. That when you are blessed, you are in God's favor. And one writer I had a look at this week suggested that when we understand blessed, you understand the full impact of God's presence. So then the writer, so John could say as he's writing from Revelation, that when we say blessed are the dead, it's a big good thing and it still doesn't make much sense. Until we see that next little line. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. This is what starts to make this all topsy-turvy upside down and backward. Because while death clearly is the enemy and the consequence and a terrible thing, when we understand who those are that die in the Lord, it changes everything. You see, there are two ways to die. You can die in your transgressions and sin, and that's awful. And in the passage even before this in Revelation, John is seeing these images and hearing the message that those who follow the beast and who die, who ultimately die in their sins, it's awful, it's a terrible thing. But the contrast then is to those who die in the Lord. And what that means is uh, the opposite of dying in your sin is dying in the Lord because you have trusted in Jesus himself. And so everything, everything gets turned around. And all of a sudden, death isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing because all of a sudden you're ushered into the presence of your Savior, Jesus, in the almighty God of the universe. And death means you are on your way to home. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on for those that have trusted in Jesus. Well, uh, we can finish our look at this passage by saying, okay, well, what does it look like for those who are blessed? Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. Uh, what, what all does that? Well, here's what we, we think that means. Uh, the reminder that life as we've already established a little bit, and we could all talk about, life is hard. And while work itself, this would be a whole other sermon that I'm not going to give you today, work itself was not a sinful thing, was not part of the fall because Adam and Eve were working before they disobeyed. But we know that work was messed up by the fall, that work turned into toil, and work looked more laborious, and it was more of a labor than it was a pleasant, always, you know, happy sort of uh, whistle-while-you-work sort of approach. The fall made us have lives that were hard, and we know that. And so then, this passage takes more significance to say, the dead that die in the Lord are blessed. One of the big reasons is because they will rest from their labor. That fatigue 
that weariness, that toil that life can bring, when you die in the Lord with faith in Jesus, you will have real rest. And it reflects what Jesus himself said during his earthly ministry. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and what? I will give you and when we get to this point, as by is at this point, we know that that's ultimately the reward of dying in Jesus, dying in the Lord, dying with faith in Jesus, because she is at perfect peace and rest. No more labor, no more toil, and what a reward that is that absolutely reflects that being blessed. And then this, this, the last little part of this, their deeds will follow them. Boy, again, don't want to take all that time today to talk about this verse and all the different things it might mean. But here's, a, here, here's what I think. Uh, the reminder that, you know, the good things you've done, and that's what this reflects, sort of the, uh, like James talks about, that if you have faith in Jesus, here's the summary of James real quick. Uh, if you have faith in Jesus, your life should reflect it in the things you do. That's the simple reason. And that said, that said uh, when you die in the Lord, your deeds will also follow you. Now, here's the part that's really positive about this. It does not say, and your deeds go before you to let you in. It's not that at all. You know what? It's not even your deeds come alongside you. It says, trusting in Jesus is the first thing. That's how you die in the Lord. But your deeds, they're, you know, they're going to come with you because God has been you know, watching our lives the whole time. And we know that there's obedience and following his direction and will and all that has some place. But the encouragement to me from this little passage is just to say, your deeds will have the proper perspective when you die in the Lord. They will follow you. They don't get you in. They don't lead you in. They don't even accompany you in. They follow you. So they're not, they're not insignificant, unimportant, but they know their place in eternity when you die in the Lord. Today, we know that by is counted among the blessed because you trusted in Jesus. There's no fear of death. And eternity with Jesus is the promise and hope for followers of Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so today, we can have an attitude that is upbeat and happy in the midst of our loss and mourning and grief. But we know ultimately that by is blessed and is in her eternal home. Now, uh, ever since I've been here at Bueller MB, it's been my practice, and so I'm going to do it again to say, remember, everyone within the sound of my voice, everyone here, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't make it clear how different the story is if you don't die in the Lord, if you don't know what it means to follow Jesus. It's a very, very different story. It's a story without hope. It's a story with a terrible ending. And it's a story that anybody here that follows Jesus wouldn't want for anybody else in this room. Very different story if you don't know Jesus. But blessed are the dead 
when they die in the Lord. And we praise God and thank Him for leading Vi through her life, through all of its ups and downs, for leading Vi to this place where we can celebrate with her and say, welcome home. Good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, this morning I thank you. I thank you for Vi's life. I thank you for the example it can be for all of us and, and for her family especially. God, I pray that you would uh, remind each of us and remind each of them of her faith and trust in Jesus. And I pray that for everyone in this room. God, we are so mindful that uh, death without Jesus is a terrible, awful thing without hope and full of fear and full of tragedy, God, and full of just awful. And so we're thankful that that's not us today. We're so thankful for the work of Jesus and the work he had in the life of Vi today. God, thank you for being with us during this time. And I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to each of us in a little different way, in a little, a little, a little bigger way as we think about being gathered here for this time. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we conclude the service, I want to let you know that interment took place just prior to the service. And I also want to invite you all to a light meal immediately following our time in here. You can join us in the fellowship hall. Uh, what will happen in just a moment, the family will exit first, and then you may follow. And I'd love for you to stay to uh, visit and encourage and support the family during this time. But you're welcome to come stay for that light lunch. Please hear this benediction. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself... And God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. In the name of the Savior, Jesus, amen and amen.